Here's the big question. How is it that most entrepreneurs hustle and are always busy and struggle to take just one step forward only to fall two steps back? They're dedicated, determined, and driven, but only a few finally break through and win. This show uncovers those quantum leap patterns of highly successful people so you can simply model what they do and apply to your future success. That's the question, and the answers are right here. My name is Brigitte Höfele, and this is the Success Patterns Show. And you are in for a treat today. My name is Brigitte Höfele, the CEO of the Center of NLP and the founder of the Success Patterns Movement. I am so honored and so excited to be here with you on this beautiful first Tuesday in October, where we come together every Tuesday at the same time, at the same place, because you are here to, because you understand what it means to mirror others, because you understand that somewhere has been there and done that, and it is there for you to model from them. That's what this show is all about. We put the learn in learn, do, teach. We put the do in learn, do, teach. Because the quality of your success starts with the attitude towards that. I'm going to say that again. You better wake up the person that's sitting beside you because it's about to happen, okay? The quality of your success starts with your attitude towards it. Success is an interesting thing. It is shaped however you want to shape it. However you want to define success, it's up to you. And someone has the success in the area that you're looking for. And that's what the show is all about. We peel back the layers. We look at the pattern of how someone got there. And so you can then take that pattern and accept it because success, when it's encoded, when you can take it apart, you can actually decode it and put it back together in your own life of however you want to implement it in your own life. As humans, we are hardwired for hands-on application by a living teacher, not from books. And don't get me wrong. I love books. I love reading books all the time but it's the implementation. It's the learning from real people that are authentic, that that will give it to you straight. And this show is gonna give it to you straight. We're not scripted. We have authentic guest experts, high, high level guest experts. And we have a powerhouse today. I cannot wait for you to hear what he has to say. He's an operating system architect. He designs and implements effective operating systems with the clients that are visual, drive clear ownership, we're gonna talk about ownership a lot, and accountability to deliver results. He's an American business executive, a dynamic speaker, and holy cow, when I say dynamic speaker, I know what I'm talking about. He is a dynamic speaker. He's a leadership guru. He's the founder and president of Linked Excellence, a business operating system architect and firm. He has spent 30 years at the Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company, serving as a director of North America Operating and Chief Diversity and Inclusion Officer. 
Guys, if you don't have something to write on and write with yet, you, this is the time where you want to grab something. Because during his tenure at, at Goodyear, the company's earnings rose from negative $38 million to plus $1 billion. That is a humongous growth. And he is there. He was there part of it, supporting the company and doing his work. As a global head of diversity and inclusion for Goodyear, he led the diversity and inclusion strategies for 64,000 employees across 22 countries where Goodyear operates. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're not driving in the car, this is a really, really good time to stand on your feet and help me welcome Billy Taylor. Billy, it is so good to have you here with us. Thank, Thank you, you for having me. <laughs> what, I mean, what an incredible bio, right? What an incredible time that you have spent. And, you know, Billy and I spent a little bit of time before uh, today, uh, before we went on, and he shared with me so many nuggets. Billy, where do we begin? <laughs> well, well, I just want to say thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on the show. I've been looking forward to it tell you, since last week. So thank you. <laughs> um, look, 64,000 employees over 22 countries. Mm -hmm. What would you say out of all of the work over 30 years that you've done, what was the most important part as in your leadership role? Well, building an environment and culture where people could be their authentic self. That's what's important, right? Psychological safety is just as uh, dangerous or harmful as physical safety. Mm. And so when people don't have that psychological safety, you're not going to get the best that they have to offer. And so the, the biggest challenge and opportunity was to create an environment where people could be their authentic self, whatever that may be. And so that was also the greatest success to see that that mature and, 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 and build as a way of life, a daily operating way of life. So that's what it was. And it was interesting because people would go into their shells and even even myself being an African-American, even an executive, I would find myself standing in the hallway talking to someone that was another African-American and finding myself looking around and being uncomfortable. Or I see a group uh, from India uh, eating in a cubbyhole. And so they, they would congregate over there, but it wasn't natural. They didn't feel they could be the authentic self. Or people from the LGBTQ community, you know, how they couldn't be the authentic self. And we would create that environment where we would network. It wasn't just about the numbers. It was about how do we build a culture around it? Uh, a daily management system, so to speak, around uh, networking, uh, community outreach, and those type of things. And so that's what the biggest challenge, and, and we made ambassadors, right? Those were ambassadors of the company. And so that's wow. what the greatest challenge was. Yeah, I bet. I mean, you, you hear, you know, creating a good company uh, culture, you hear that mm -hmm. uh, ongoingly, and it's mm -hmm. easy said. Very hard to do and very hard to for each individual to mm -hmm. authentically embrace themselves. Absolutely. And, and there's and, and you know, on the show, I've had so many incredible guest experts, and and honestly, mostly women, and I don't want to pigeonhole them or 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 isolate them in any way, but I find that that people and I come from, you know, not corporate America, but corporate Germany, my background, that 
people often identify themselves with either the company that they're working for and or the position that they're working in. Yes. Did you, yeah. find, did you find yourself in that? Absolutely. And, and again, not only with the people that I was working with, but myself. Mm. Right. I would sit in meetings and I would actually hold back. Uh, I wouldn't be my best self. So as it, as my mother would call it, it wasn't the glass ceiling holding me back. It was my sticky floor. Oh, it was the things that I was saying to myself. I was convincing myself because I didn't feel I was in an environment that I could be at my very best. And that was within the four walls of my head. Mm. And so when people, when you create that environment, people come out of their shells and, and you know, great leaders, they celebrate the red when they see they, they so they can harvest the green. Right. Mm -hmm. And if, if, if I know better, I can do better. And so you create that psychological space. You'll see people give you the best that they have. The, and I know better. I can do better. That's right. What a simple strategy. Absolutely. But how do you know, how how do you know that you don't know? Well, sometimes it's in the room, and and I think I, I call it one is emotional intelligence is within us, mm -hmm. and we're the first to know what we don't know. Mm -hmm. Now, the, the flip side is that is knowing enough to know when you're right, but not willing to embrace the fact and know enough that when you're wrong. And so you have to be honest with yourself, and leaders have to be aware of the environment for which they're leading and the talent pool that they have, right? Because sometimes, and, and I had this recent uh, conversation with my, my younger brother, and I said, it's not that you don't know or that you're dumb. Sometimes we're naive. Hmm. We just don't know. Mm -hmm. And not knowing doesn't mean that you're not capable. Mm -hmm. And so leaders have to sometimes identify those gaps and then put people in a position to grow. And you fill the gaps because it's not a one size fits all for development. It's not a one tool fits all. And, you know, and I would say I, I didn't treat everybody equally. I did not. I treated everybody fairly because everybody didn't need the same thing. So when you <laughs> say treat them equally, you're going to say everybody deserves the same tool. What's the best tool for you to grow? Great distinction. That is such a big distinction. And I think that's where, you know, a, a good ground of company culture also comes in. Now, clearly, you're not working for Goodyear anymore. When you left after 30 years, was it like Billy looking around going, well, you know, okay, so what am I going to do now? Who am I? And, and what's next? Were you that kind of person or was there already something greater in place? No, I, I, I had been working on the Billy brand, the Billy brand uh, for 10 years, uh, understanding what made Billy uh, grow, what, what was Billy, Billy's motivation. And so when I left Goodyear, I, I was definitely ready to bet on Billy, the Billy brand. And so now I missed a lot of people at Goodyear. I love the people. I love the people I worked with. But as far as me and a next step in life, no, uh, I was I, I had built that brand where, where I was ready to step out and, and go. I, I had built processes around me. And, you know, again, you're going to hear me say a lot about my, my mother. 
I remember going from job or promotion to promotion that was very challenging opportunities. And the one that I remember saying to my mother, it was, I'm not going to take that job because it's too difficult. And I've seen so many people fail at it, right? And so I'm questioning my brand. And my mother said, I'm disappointed. Mm. And she asked me this question. She says, I'm going to ask you a question and I have to go. She says, if a bird lands on a branch, does the bird trust the branch or does it trust its wings? And I said, well, Ma, she says, wait a minute, let me give you a couple of clues and then I'm going to hang up. She says, I've seen many birds land on branches, son. But what I have never, ever seen is a branch break and the bird fall and die. Mm. Trust your wings. Mm. And so when I walked away, I was ready. I knew what I was capable of. And, and often we let people, uh, you know, put labels and tags on us that get inside of our head. And we believe that's all we're capable of. And we're, we can do much more. And often those people suppress you because of their insecurities. Right. Because, you know, you can't strengthen the weak by weakening the strong. Mm-hmm. And in most cases, you are the strong. Yeah. And we don't we stop investing in ourselves and we stop gravitating to what we're good at, especially when we're we start to get older or when we're particularly very young in our careers. Just believe in you. Mm-hmm. Show up. It's, it's already within you. That's easy said. Just believe in you. You know, if, if we would go to a high school and I work with inner city high schools here in Atlanta and I would just say, hey, just believe in you. You know, there's going to be a handful of kids that go, yeah, I believe in me. And then the rest of the, you know, I, I would say like 95 kids are like, I don't you know. I don't I don't even know how to do that. Believe in me. Who am I? Right. So was Billy born a leader? What was was Billy, you know, just, you know, grew up and it was like, yep, that's who Billy is. Did your mom pour all of this greatness into who Billy is today? Well, I had the, the instinct to, to, to fight, right, to, to, to want to thrive. That was within. She actually helped me build on that, on mm. what I, I, I had. And I started laughing. Because my son said that that exact same thing to me. Oh, it's easier said, Dad. Just believe. Mm-hmm. And I remember asking him I, and, and telling him, tomorrow morning, when you look in the mirror and get dressed, I want you to ask yourself this question. What would you do if you were not afraid? Mm. What would you attempt if you were not afraid? Don't answer me, son. I want you to answer that person in the mirror tomorrow. Mm-hmm. What would you? And it, it's amazing. What happens when you do that? I've done it on multiple occasions. Still today, I'll walk into a situation and say, what would you do if you were not afraid? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not talking legally, ethically, and morally. That's different. You know, there's laws that govern that. I'd say I'd have that conversation. I'd ask for that job that I didn't think I'm capable of for. Mm-hmm. I would do something different. You know, I, I laugh when I met my wife, right? And everybody says, she's out of your league, Billy. <laughs> And I said to them, I says, listen, we were at a little little party. We were in college. And I said, what's the worst answer she can give me if I go over there and ask her that? No. No. What answer do I automatically have standing over here talking to you guys? No. So I'm going to take my chances. Only the difference between me 
And success is fear. So what would you do if you weren't afraid? Go ask. So you you asked her and she said? And she said no. But there's a happy ending to the story. Absolutely. Every day I saw her walk into class and I would speak. Hi, how are you doing, Rachel? Hi, how are you doing? And one day I had my head down and she says, hi, how are you doing, Billy? And I turned around, I looked and I smiled. She says, do you have a minute? Can we have lunch? Wow. So it, it may not happen right now. Careers and things may not happen right now. That doesn't mean you give up. That doesn't mean you stop. I, I want to tap into right, right what you just said, because there are too many people that are giving up after not even the first try. They often give up before they even try because they talk themselves out of the yes. whatever the situation is. Yes. Speak to the not quitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so. And, and I want to say this kind of in a different a different lingo. Uh, sometimes the setback is part of the setup. Mm. Uh, mm. A, a, a lot of my successes came after the fallback. Uh, I would get situations where I'd say, well, why didn't I get promoted? Why didn't I get that opportunity? And yet I'd go to another opportunity that was development opportunity and it filled a gap that I needed at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't stop. I kept, because the easiest thing to do is quit. Mm-hmm. And so basically what do you learn from those failures? What do you learn from those setbacks to prepare you to move forward? Now, what I do is I create what's called a brand book. Most people put together a resume. See a resume is a promise of what you may or may not have done is dressed up. A brand book is proof with documentation of what you've actually did. So when I go into interviews or when I coach people, I walk into those meetings with a brand book and I don't send it in with the resume. If I'm fortunate enough to get an interview on something, at that point, I deliver a brand book. I make it hard for them to say no to me. Okay. Mm. Now, For me, I have failed much more than I succeeded, but my failures were minimal. And the impact of my successes outweighed those failures. Although I had many, so I'll give you an example. You know, Billy, you you lost a million this month. Uh, You have high turnover and I'm trying, and I did it wrong. I didn't communicate effectively. I didn't engage the right people. I didn't. And so those were calling the failures. And then when I realized that, listen, I failed at this and this is now I know what to do right. And then there's a big, huge opportunity at the end of that rainbow. And so failures is where you you learn and you get that experience, that practical experience. Failures, failures is a feedback and it's an opportunity to learn. Absolutely. So our failures. Are, can failures be viewed as the school of adversity? Oh, it is. It, it is, right? And, and adversity is was. I have I have multiple degrees, but those that those, that degree through uh, those degrees through adversity, degrees mm-hmm. of adversity, mm-hmm. is where I really learned character on how to be a leader. Mm. 
I learn how to look as the people I'm leading instead of at the people I'm leading. Mm -hmm. I learn how to put myself in the shoes of others and how I feel. Because you know what? The human mind and the human being wants to be valued more than anything else. And when we stop feeling valued in our relationships, when we stop feeling valued in our jobs, that's when we start to check out. Mm-hmm. Often relationships fail because of the value proposition. See, a rich man on an island by himself is poor. Right. For he's sure. Poor. He's very poor. And those value things, you know why he's poor? He's missing the things that he values or she values. And when you get those things, you know, I, I have a daughter and we talk about it all the time. And I tell my daughter, I say, listen, you're growing up, you're, you're going into the dating scene. I ask, what's your standard? What do you value most? And let me tell you something, honey, don't compromise on your standards because oh. what you accept, you can't change. What you accept, you can't, you can't change. change. It's your standard. It's not what you say, I'm not going to put up with this, but yet you do. When the minute you do, then that's the standard. Mm-hmm. As a leader, and I remember one of the one of the mistakes I made, and this was it's it's cute and it's not so cute. I was a young leader, I was 23, 24, and I was leading this 700 person team. And but all the people that are on my team either hired me, trained me. At some point, I was a subordinate to this group. And they were coming late to the meetings. And I remember trying to put myself in a position to engage them. So I put a cup in the middle of the table and said, whenever you're late, put 25 cents in the cup. Whenever you're late, put 25 cents in the cup. And at the end of the month, we'll buy donuts for everyone. And I remember calling home, telling my mom about that story. She goes, are you doing what? That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard, son. She says, well, I wish I would have tried that with you and your brothers, okay? You miss your curfew, just put a quarter in the cup. Mm-hmm. She, goes, I, she goes, no. Tell them the difference between a fact and an excuse is timing. Don't call me after the meeting started because once the meeting starts, I'm going to lock the door. Amen. And that will change behaviors around what you accept. Mm-hmm. And so leaders especially coming through in life, you know, what's your standard? Because if you don't set standards, then how do you look at, how do you measure improvements? And how do you measure improvements, right? Mm -hmm. How, how How do you set those standards? It's part of the culture and it's part of you standing up, growing a pair and- Absolutely. And enforcing the standard. Absolutely. Right? Because- Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, you know, I have high standards for myself. Right. And, 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 and from the way and, and, and this is, you know, I, 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 I you know, and, and this is just Billy. Right. Emotional intelligence from the standpoint of whenever I get dressed, I want to show up. That's my standard. Mm-hmm. Right. So Brigida, when, 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 when my, 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 my Justin saw a lot of your, my video person, he goes, she's got energy i love the way she shows up from the way she dresses to the way she does her hair he's looking at your brand but therefore every video he saw you know what he said she has a standard 
she has a standard. And he says to me, you're going to love that podcast, Billy, because she's got that standard that you look for in yourself. And that's important. And it's got to be congruent. It's got to be on purpose. It's got to be intentional. Absolutely. Right? Yep. When you when you left Goodyear and you stepped into fully into Billy into Billy the brand or the brand that's called Billy. Yes. What was the biggest um, non-negotiable for you? Mm-hmm. One, it was how I'll go back how I interacted with clients. Mm. It, it, that was that that's a deal maker and a deal breaker. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't about the revenue because mm. I, I I thrive on purpose. I, I have a purpose-driven life. Our company has a process called purpose mapping instead of strategic road mapping. Now, they deliver the same thing at the end of the day, but we said, what's your purpose? Mm-hmm. What is your purpose? And most of the people you hear companies talk about KPIs, key performance indicators. We talk about KPAs, key performance actions. Because you know what? If I want to lose weight and I stand on the scale, that's called a KPI. It's too late. But if I focus on the calories I ate, the steps I took, those are the things that cause you to lose weight. And so it starts with the purpose around losing weight. I want to be healthy. I want to be healthy. And so everything I do is around purpose. Uh, and it's just my purpose in life that why I decided to retire after 30 years. And, and so when I interact with clients and we turn away, we actually turn away a substantial amount of clients. And we've made the choice to stay a boutique type firm mm-hmm. because of purpose. We don't want to water down our brand, water down our purpose to chase a dollar. That's right. So we don't do that. Well, and that would be, again, incongruent. It wouldn't Absolutely. be what you said you're going to do and Absolutely. who you are and what you stand for. Absolutely. So purpose mapping, love it, right? Oh, my gosh. I think everyone needs to do a purpose mapping. Is there, and I'm pretty sure there is, is there a distinct formula on purpose mapping? Absolutely. And, and we lay it out in my, my book, The Winnie Link. Uh, what, what Purpose mapping, there's clearly a formula where you talk about really what's your purpose. Then you look at what's your current reality, right? And then you look at what's your target condition, mm. right? And then so we break that down. And then we say, so where are you going to focus? And then when you look at where you're going to focus, how do you measure the impact of where you're going to focus? So we build this on a one-page sheet, and we call it a SOAP, a strategy on a page. Yeah, and you can physically physically see it, but then you can connect it to your organization so you can manage the intersection. And it's around extreme ownership. So everything about it, it breaks down. And I'll tell you, we've had some huge success with Note Printing Australia uh, that makes the, the prints the currency and the passports. They have the system there through purpose mapping, uh, work with PPG industry. And now we're working with a company Tasian Automotive, and uh, it, it's amazing as you get closer to the source, that means the people that are doing the work, and they understand the purpose of why, 
we're in business to why we're doing it, results happen. Results happen. Billy, when when you get to the source and you do the purpose mapping with the people, with the visionary of the company, with the CEO of the company, with the person that's really driving the company forward, is that also the root of the culture? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's where change happens. Right. At the point of impact. Mm-hmm. Right. And, 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 and often the strategy never makes it to that level, the point of impact. You know, leaders build this, this elaborate strategy and then they put it on, the, on in, in a spreadsheet and then it's in someone's laptop. It never gets deliberately cascaded down to the point of intact, impact. So therefore, the, the strategy is really a secret mm-hmm. and you can't manage a secret. Mm-hmm. It's impossible. So what we do is we help companies take that strategy and deploy it to each level of the organization with extreme ownership. So people know exactly what part of the strategy they own. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, we feel that, that when, when people have ownership, it elevates accountability. Yes. It elevates it. And then people want to celebrate. People want to be recognized, or shall I say, people want to be valued. And then at that point, we, we, we talk about making people visible, and they will make you valuable. Wow. When, when people feel they're, it's no different. When I walk into a hotel, if I've stayed there two or three times, uh, hey, Billy, hi, Billy. And right, I make sure I, I look at their names. And it's interesting, there's a lady, I didn't think, for whatever reason, she was she particularly cared uh, for people. She was introverted. And I thought, wow, I got the mean lady today. That's, that's what I thought. I got the mean lady today. And I go to check in, but it didn't change the way I kept treating her. Ooh. And I called her her name. I said, hi, how are you doing today? And she says, Mr. Taylor, it is so great to see you again. I already have your room ready. I took a step back and I said, wow, wow. The way she treat, and then treated me, I felt value. So it's a really a boomerang effect. Right. You give value, value is given back. That's right. And most people, they, they don't embrace that. And as, as people go up the ladder, they start, or they tend to forget that. Then egos start to erode effectiveness. Come on now. Yeah. Right? I know that's people, right. Yes, those egos will start to, to to shift and people stop respecting people. People think it's all about them. That piece that you just spoke to is so important for everyone to hear because no matter how much money a month you make or what kind of car you drive or what kind of title you own mm-hmm. does not give you any validation of treating people differently. No, it does not. You know, because at the end of the day, you're human, we're all human. And some of us were were blessed more than others or were afforded opportunities, however you want to call it, more than others. And some of us had to go and earn it. And I I used to tell people uh, that were really close to me, we we, we joke, right? And I'd say, hey, you were born on third base, but you think you hit a triple. And I had to get hit by a few pitches. Mm -hmm. Right. I had to to go from first base and slide into second and scar my knee up. Mm -hmm. I says, but you know what? Whenever I got throughout, 
I knew how to get back around the bases through those hard knocks. And don't look down on me because you're standing on third base because you've never went through that mm -hmm. adversity. And, and, and to those that are listening, I don't care who you are because we all have someone above us. And so this is just not because of your title. Get, get out of that space in your head. And I'll tell you, one for me was when I was up for it. I, I got picked to lead a team. And I felt that it was like an affirmative action. I thought it was kind of that kind of situation. But I was actually put in the room to lead the team. And the team started having huge success. I was appointed the leader. And then the president came in and said, do you know why I picked you to lead that team? I'm like, pick me to lead the team? He says, because, Billy, you can teach business. You can teach business financials and business acumen, but you can't teach adversity. You can't teach going through adversity and you knew how to manage adversity where others would quit. And so what I mean by that, we all have a distinct talent within us. Find out what it is and use it to your best ability, because at that point, we've all went through some type of adversity. And so adversity was was my best teacher. And it wasn't. Look, I respect Harvard. I just spoke at Duke last night. I respect all these other schools, but I also respect me. And I respect the education that I have. I, I expect what I bring to the table because I invest in me. Yes. See, investing in you is like banking. If you're not depositing anything in, how do you expect to withdraw anything out? That's right. Right. So it's about you having that self-confidence. And now listen, I doubt me just like you do. Every morning I wake up sometimes with self-doubt. And, and you know what? It only stays there for a few seconds, but it's there. It's how do there. You how do you overcome it? Well, I look in the mirror and I'm thinking, no, this too shall pass. Mm -hmm. First, I tell myself that. And then I say, wait a minute. Self-doubt's going to show up every morning. Mm -hmm. It is. It's going to. So if, once I tell myself that it's going to come, I expect it. So I expect it. And I, and I say, see, I blink my eye. That's all the sleep I lose over it. Yeah. Because I got to move on. We have a choice. We have a choice to buy into the self-doubt or Absolutely. to buy out of the self-doubt. Absolutely. And I was once told once when somebody said something bad to me and it was I was walking in and a name was called and I, my mom said I, I called her and I, I shared the, the, the situation with her. And she goes, Ann? And I says, well, what do you mean, Ann? She says, baby, it's not what they call you. It's what you answer to. Mm. because people are going to label and other people are going to say something to you even people closest to you are going to put labels and things to you mm -hmm. it's not what they call you it's what you answer to and it speaks so much louder about them absolutely than about you absolutely I cannot wait to get my fingers on your book and you brought <laughs> four books yes. for our listeners so the yes. first four that are going to email billy or how yes. do they get the book do they email yes. you billy? they can email me at billy taylor at linkedxl i'll tell you what let's do it through linkedin okay let's do it through linkedin and the first four i get citing the show i would and i'll keep it private therefore i can email or mail the book directly to you the winning link and everything we talked about a lot of those things are in the book. 
So the winning link, go ahead and connect with Billy on mm -hmm. um, LinkedIn. On LinkedIn. So find Billy Taylor. I le left it in here. B-I-L-L-Y. Mm -hmm. Last name Taylor. T-A-Y-L-O-R. Mm -hmm. Winning you, link. It, it may be easier for you. Is it Billy? A lot of people call me Billy Ray. So Billy Ray Taylor. And if you Billy can't find it, put the Ray in there and it should pop up. It's not many Billy Rays out there. Billy Ray Taylor, you guys, get his book. If you're not part of the four, go on Amazon, get his book, The Winning Link. You're going to get so much out of it. And we haven't even touched on ownership. I think you I think you need to come back, Billy, and we need to talk <laughs> about like a whole show only about ownership. Absolutely. My favorite topics. So are you in for another show on I'm ownership? I'm in. I am okay, in. You awesome. got me in. Guys, I'm going to have Billy back. We're going to talk about ownership. So make sure that you connect with Billy on LinkedIn. Pretty sure he's on all other social media. Billy Ray Taylor. Get his book, The Winning Link. Billy, this was so incredibly valuable to me personally, and I know to our listeners as well. And I can't wait to have you back on the next show when we talk about ownership. Thank you. Thank I look you. forward to coming back and all the best to everyone that, that tuned in. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks for tuning in on this Tuesday. We're going to be back same time, same place next week. Until then, ciao and bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to the Success Pattern Show at www.thesuccesspatternshow.com. My name is Brigitte Hufalet.